Good morning. It's good to be with you this morning as we gather together to continue in our study of Acts. Uh, We just finished chapter five, where we began to see, I talked last week about this pattern we're going to see throughout the rest of the book of Acts. The disciples, the apostles will do something. They'll face persecution and suffering for it. They'll be arrested. um, And then they'll go out and preach about Jesus. We're going to see this through Paul's life. Uh, we're going to see this throughout the rest of the apostles. So this is this is a, a continuous pattern. We're going to see how God uses the struggles that they go through to glorify his name. And that's something it's important for us all to be reminded of is the fact that God does use our struggles. Um, you all know I love Romans 8, 28, all things work for good. Now, I don't think that means all things are good. I think that God, I think it means that God will use all things for good in some while, some way. And there's not a single thing that happens in our life that God can't somehow wring some good out of. So today we're going to see how God begins to do something huge in the life of the church. So we're going to be reading chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Uh, Chapter 6, 1 through 7. Now, during those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists, that would be the uh, Gentile um, Christians, the Hellenists, those that were Greek of Greek or Gentile origin, complained against the Hebrews, that means the Jews, the Jewish believers, because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait tables. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task. While we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and the serving of the word. What they said pleased the whole community. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochius, Nicanor, Timon, Perninus and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. They had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. The word of God continued to spread. The number of disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're gonna we met here, Stephen, a man who's gonna take on great importance in the next two chapters. Um Stephen is gonna only be on the scene for chapter six, chapter seven. But in many ways, Stephen may play one of the most pivotal parts in the growth of the early church. So you're gonna you're gonna see that if you want to read ahead, read through chapter six and then into chapter seven, you'll see what Stephen does and why Stephen's such a big deal. But um, I think what's important to see here is you know we've read how in the early church they held things together and each received what they needed. So what we see here is an, is a situation where some of the widows. You know, widows are those who are widowed, obviously, and are unable to work and have no one to care for them. So the church took up the job of caring for these who could not care for themselves. So in this dynamic here, the church grew, the more it grew, the more widows it had. So the more there became a struggle with um, how to make sure the food got to where it needed to be. It doesn't seem as though the issue is not having enough food. That doesn't seem to be the problem. The issue seems to be how to make sure the food got to where it needed to be. And there seemed to be some jealousy and some division between the Gentiles and the Jews, which you're going to see throughout the book of Acts. Uh, You're going to see that become a big deal uh, throughout the rest of Acts. But the apostles, I like what they said. And and this is, I think, what's really cool to understand is is they didn't deny that this was an issue. They didn't deny this was a need. They understood that, yes, this is an issue that needed to be fixed. But what they did do is they also understood that just because it was a need— it didn't necessarily mean that it was their job to fix it. Or just because there was a problem, didn't necessarily mean that that problem was their calling. 
They knew what they were called to do, and they were going to do their calling and do their job faithfully. But knowing what your calling is and knowing what you're called to do also in many ways means knowing what you're not called to do. Um, I joke that uh, I'm a, those of you who know me well, uh, some of you only know me through Facebook. Others know me that are watching this or podcasting this. Know me from years of friendship or know me from being your pastor or having been your pastor in a previous situation. So you know me. Um, you know I'm a fixer. Uh, you know I love to fix things. Um, and I am just so arrogant to believe that I can fix a lot of things. Uh, I do believe that's just a gift that I have that for whatever reason... God's given me the ability to come up with creative solutions to problems. Um, so I, I, I say, God, in this season of my life with uh, ministry and family dynamics and things like that, um, God has humbled me by presenting me with a number of issues that I cannot fix. And that's been humbling. It's been frustrating. It's been uh, trying. But it's also making me, not perfectly, but making me learn to rely upon his ability to fix things or not fix things. And that's been a hard lesson for me to learn. Uh, it's been a humbling lesson for me to learn. Um, and so I think part of what our life teaches us is what is ours to fix and what is not ours to fix. And there are some things that are ours to fix. The apostles here said, listen, we feel called to uh, to the word. We feel called to devoting ourselves to prayer and to serving the word, which was the heartbeat of the growth of the early church. They, they did not feel called. They did not feel like it was the best use of their resources. They did not feel called to distribute the food. Does that mean that the distribution of food was an insignificant task? Of course not. It was a very important task. And actually, that task was what was dividing the church at this moment. So this is in no means to deny the importance of the task. It just meant that it wasn't theirs to do. So I think, friends, one of the things that's important for us to prayerfully discern and to prayerfully figure out is this. What is my calling? What am I called to do? What is the task that God has given me to do for the betterment of my community, the church, for the betterment of the greater community, the world, and for the betterment of those people that who I love. That's, um, that's an important task of discernment for us all to do is to figure out what it is that God has called us to do. And then, and then it's our job to do that task, to do that task, to, to do what it is that God called us to do. I believe that, y'all. There's something God has given you that... Only you can do, that no one else can do. That's your task that you can do for the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know what that task is. I have no idea. You may know. You may not know. You may have no idea. And that's why I said prayerfully discern. Seek his face. Pray. Talk to your mentors. Talk to those who counsel you. Talk to those who you love, who have poured into you. Talk to them and discern what it is that God is calling you to do. The apostles knew what they were called to do, and they did it. So understand what God's called you to do. Then do that thing. <laughs> Whatever it is, do it. If you're called to preach, preach. 
called to teach, teach. If you're called to serve, serve. Whatever it is you're called to do. And none of these gifts are better than the others. This is not one being better or one being best. No, no, no. The church needs all this. These widows, they needed the apostles to preach and teach. Yes, but they also needed food. Both tasks were equally important. They were just different calls. So prayerfully discern what God's called, to, called you to do. Do it. Here's the hard part. Release the rest. The thing that God's not called you to do. By the way, make sure you prayed about this. Don't just say, well, I don't want to do that. God didn't call me to do that. You know, there's a bunch of stuff I've had to do in my life, in my ministry, that I did not want to do. That God has called me to do, or God said, no, this is yours to do. So just because you don't want to do it doesn't mean you're not called to it. So prayerfully discern what it is you're called to do and then do it. But if it's not what God has for you to do, then let it go. Let it go. It's not for you to fix everything. It's not for you to make everything right. It's not for you to restore everything. As I tell people, the fate of the free world does not rest upon your shoulders. Your job is to be faithful, whatever that calling is, and whatever that duty is. Be faithful. So the apostles prayed, the apostles led, and the apostles understood what was theirs to do. I think it's a great example for us in the church. I think it's a great example for us in our lives. I think it's a great example for us in our families. Understand, prayerfully discern what's ours to do. Then do that thing and then release the rest to God and trust in him to do it. They released this task. Stephen and the other deacons, they picked it up. And in the coming days, we're going to see just how God used Stephen in a mighty way. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. I pray you have a great rest of your day. And I will see you bright and early tomorrow for our continuing study in the book of Acts. Have a great day.